What up, everybody? How are you guys doing out there? Great, great. Good, good. Awesome. Oh. Phenomenalness. All right. Hey. <laughs> yes. Rob's on location today, dude. Is she, he, he, he's got some things going on. But if you don't know Michael Harris, you should. Author. Author of the book, Falling Down, Gets You Up. Oh, I'm sorry. Getting up. Falling Down, Getting Up. That's it. Right there. I, Michael Harris. Yes. I apologize. Can we do that over again? Because I absolutely butchered it. No, no you, you got to go with it, dude. It what? was fine. It was good. Okay, good. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I kind of want to jump into things because reading your profile, I was... I loved it. And I thought it was kind of cool. And something really popped out at me. You talked about how you couldn't walk 10 feet, but in two weeks, you were able to walk two miles. I want to know this story. What happened? What changed your life? Well, picture this. It's 1987. I had just had bypass surgery on my legs. My right leg was 100% blocked, the artery, the popliteal artery, and my left leg was 65% blocked. And they did what's called a fempop, a bypass surgery on my legs. Yeah. I, I had, you know, 27 years old, I was walking like an old man with a cane. I could barely walk, you know, because it's an old man's disease, peripheral vascular disease, atherosclerosis, and so on. And so then they wanted to do another surgery. And um, I don't know if you like swearing on this show, but I told the doctor, F you, you're not going to do any more surgeries and you're not going to amputate my legs. Mm -hmm. There you go. And he, yeah. And he said, well, if you leave this hospital today, you're going to lose your legs in a couple of months and lose your life within six months. And I said, no. And I walked out of the hospital, AMA against medical advice. No idea what I was going to do. So that's the pre-story to this walking 10 feet thing. Yeah. So I show up at this place down in Santa Monica, down by the pier, it, the Santa Monica Pier. It's really close there, Ocean and Pico down there. And it was called the Pritikin Longevity Center. And I found out about it in a book. And um, at the time, it was a pretty popular center. It's not there anymore. And... I had read that doing certain things could reverse vascular diseases, right? So I went down there and my doctors in Portland at OHSU, the professor, assistant professor, told me that when it hurts is to don't do anything, just sit there. The doctor down there said, no, he says, you've got to walk. He says, when you walk, into the pain you're sending signals to the brain up here that you're not getting enough blood well yeah that was obvious right <laughs> my, pain, my legs hurt he said but what happens is you build collateral blood vessels so he said go out here on the boardwalk and start walking he says maybe walk 10 feet pause walk 12 feet pause walk a little bit more just keep going right so here I am, 97-pound weakling, 80, you know, 1987 on the uh, beach down there at Santa Monica, all the girls going by in their bikinis and rollerblades. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, hey, you know, I don't like not being able to walk. 
So I started walking all day long, just walk, 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 whatever I could do. And I would walk from the about the Santa Monica Pier down to Venice Beach and back, Marina del Rey, that kind of area down, down through there. And literally within two weeks, I was walking two miles, unassisted, without a cane. Nice. Amazing. That is yeah, yeah, yeah. You think it was nice? <laughs> yeah, it was just like, oh my God, my life is coming back. Man, that is amazing. Yeah. I, I had to get that out first because <laughs> the interest on the who, what's, when, where's, and how's. I have a, a medical background. I worked mm -hmm. on AMNs for 15 years. So it was kind of cool to hear how you overcame mind over matter. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. We really absolutely. Yeah. Now we get to have a little fun. Are you ready? Oh, well, that wasn't fun yet. Oh, it is. It's going to be <laughs> more fun now. Rob, are you ready? Yeah. All I'm right. ready. Here we go. I got to. So could, we came in on the same link. I have to pin me to get me on one second. Okay. Um, okay. So we kind of do a little um, rapid fire type of thing. Shoot. Kind of warm things up and have fun with it. Um, so we just ask fun questions. Um, the first one we're going to ask is, which superpower would you not want? Ah, would you not want? Correct. You, you know, I, I don't know why this is coming up, but the first hit that I got with this, you know, there's this big thing and like Warren Buffett and that guy that owns Microsoft, what's his name, Bill Gates. You know, they say, oh, the superpower I want to have is to read faster. Hmm. I don't want to read faster. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, really? I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, you can read it, you know, a book every three days rather than one a week or something. And I enjoy reading books and I have my books and all that kind of stuff. But no, I don't need that superpower. All right. I hear you. <laughs> How about... Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what? I agree. Yes. That's right. Yes. Now, See? you don't know what kind of meat you're getting, but it's a sandwich. Right. You put lettuce and tomatoes and jalapeno peppers on it, and you, know, you, you dress it up, and you got a sandwich. All. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we're going to go right into Chris's favorite, which is, uh, does pineapple belong on pizza? Yes, all over. <laughs> More pineapple, no. the better. No way. I love pineapple. However, you know, pineapple even on a hot dog would be good. Exactly. Pineapple yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, no. Chris, Chris, you're losing quickly on these, huh? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, stick a fork in me. I'm done. But you know, Chris, you said something when, when you guys were talking to Tyler. Yeah. You you said something about two ears and one mouth. That's one of the biggest lessons my dad ever taught me as a kid. He says, you got two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. Exactly. Didn't always work, but, you know, I remember that. That is something that I got taught from one of my coaches after I was talking too much in a huddle, team huddle, 
And I ended up having to run like eight miles. And then he brought me back and he's all, you need to learn to use both of these and just one of these. Yeah. Figured it out. Yeah. Can't wait till you implement that, Chris. <laughs> well, with you as a partner, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> one day, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> one day he'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay, more questions. You, you got something else for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are two that two last two just before we get into a little deeper. Um, oh. That uh, might be more fun. Again, I got to pin myself and take myself off while I ask these. Um, the, the first of the last two is uh, describe the color yellow to somebody who's blind. Who, who makes up these questions? Me, I do. You, <laughs> <laughs> you want to go back to the hot dog one? That would be good. I, this is hard. Pineapple? Deep thought, right? It, it, it is. It, it's a great question. The color of yellow. Now, I'm going to describe a color of yellow that's kind of bright. Right. Right? Because there's different shades of yellow. Exactly. So imagine the feeling within where your thoughts are just really powerful and you're feeling this energy coming out. And it's like opening up. And then you reach out and you touch this wall. And you know just by the touch that it's yellow and not blue because it corresponds that. to what yeah. is happening within you know why i love this question a lot is because i when i was in high school i had a kid that was um, a blind kid and he was talking about his dream and in his dream he was talking about he was in the sand and the sand was sucking him down and all these crabs were biting him and i'm the quiz, I've always been the inquisitor, right? Like I, holy cow, what are you talking about? Like you're blind. How do you see that in a dream? How do you dream? And I'm like, so how do you dream? Like, how do you see that? And he's like, oh, sorry. I didn't even think about that. You guys would consider it different, but he dreams in smell, brightness, like you were describing of yellow, yeah. right? Brightness, uh, feel, touch, all the other senses that he doesn't see um is how he dreams yeah. and so by the way you described it where it was a, a, a brightness and somebody blind can understand that yeah but you also were talking kind of like the senses mm -hmm. so that was brilliant in the way that you came up with that yeah i agree yeah yeah and you know there's that clicker guy that can walk by his clicking have you heard of him yes he does like, it with his mouth or something yeah. Like he like bounces off things and he doesn't run into stuff, you know, yeah. he knows where stuff is by doing that. So my last one is one of my favorites because it's such a fun one for like people that are baseball players and stuff. But I, I love this in, in, in the thought in the mind um, of just the everyday, you know, if you were to walk into a room, you know, presenting yourself or wherever it was, what what would be your walk-up music or walk-in music? Like a baseball player has a walk-up music. What would be your background music for when you walk into a room? Um, have you ever heard the long version of American Woman? 
the 14 minute version? I probably have. You'll 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 have to YouTube it, Google YouTube it, yeah. and and okay. listen to the 14 minute version. Okay. Wow. And there's a guitar solo in there that's out of this world. Oh, I got to go listen to that now. I know. I'm yeah. saying, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I th I think that would be it. That's awesome. And then then, then they break back in, into um, vocals again, but there's a, a lot of really great, great guitar in there. Yeah. You can yeah. close your eyes and feel it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. The ye color yellow would even come up. There, oh, there you go. <laughs> Just by the sounds, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, in the middle of, of it, he breaks the guitar string and, you know, he plays a little bit more and his stage hand you know, they switch off guitars and he just like goes back at it again. And it's just like, you, you got to watch it. guys. And, and anybody out there too, you got to listen to it. The long version. Okay. Yeah. So back into you, right? Because you got this great book and you're talking about falling down and getting up. Yep. Um, I've actually kind of always, like even with my kids or even with people I coach and stuff. And I say, you know, you can fall. You, you have every right to cry. You, you can get upset in that moment, but how you get up is really determines how people are going to respect you, how you're going to get on in life. If you stay down, you're down, but how you stand up is going to be the most important thing. Yes. So you in your book has a lot of humor in it too, right? You've had a lot of big falls yeah. and you've had in the book, you talk humor into it, you know, you, but you're, you're standing up. I, I think that's probably the biggest key of everything. What are your, some of your first steps? Come on, Farley, get the question out. The, well, I, I'm, a, I'm asking your question that you have, I'm stealing it from you. Um, what are kind of like your first steps to just getting up? What is the most important things that you think to get started on, on getting up? Well, I, I'm a huge believer in what I call dissatisfactional motivation. Right. So, you know, being down, and we, we've all been down before in some way, shape, or form. We, we've hit bottom, we've gone through bottom, we've broken the asphalt, whatever it is. And lying there, I, I remember these times where I was just so dissatisfied, so unhappy with what was going on in my life. And that dissatisfaction got me back up because I always wanted to live no matter what happened to me, you know, my accidents, uh, you know, I had a water skiing accident where I had 6% of my liver removed and, you know, I was 12 years old. I was wiped out. Right. But I always wanted to live. Yeah. And so even today when things happen, things happen to all of us, you know, maybe <laughs> not Chris, but Rob and I, you know, a few things happen. Well, right? I've had a lot of things happen. Let me tell you, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's that dissatisfaction it's making that decision to do just the next right thing whatever that is the one thing i don't worry about a week down the road or a month down the road what can i do in that moment to change whatever it is that's happening to start something new not just stop something but actually start something yeah i like it you got to actually start it to get going, to get the yeah. functionality. And a lot of people have a hard time starting it up. Yeah. 
and if, if, if I can go off just for a moment, go for it. You know, there's this whole thing about law of attraction, right? You know, the book, The Secret, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's a lot of people call it this big mystical law of attraction thing, right? And you know, I've got two things about it. John Asraf would says, well, the law of attraction really only works with something called the law of Goya. Mm. The law of Goya, if you don't know what that is, G-O-Y-A is get off your ass. Yep. So you actually got to do something, right? Yep. So then that's like, what's the next step after you fall down? Well, you've actually got to do something. You got to get off your ass yeah. and do something, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the other part of the law of attraction that I really like and kind of demystifies the whole thing. So, Chris, what is your favorite meal? Oh, my favorite meal? Ooh, right now I'm going to say pineapple on pizza. No. <laughs> barbecue chicken with green beans, corn, and uh, some uh, grilled up potatoes. That's. And do, do you like making that yourself? My wife does a much better job. And she does. And who goes to the grocery store to get the ingredients? Uh, she does. She does. Yeah. So in your mind, you say, honey, I want this for dinner. And she goes and manifests it for you by buying these items at the store, exchanging some money or karma, whatever you want to call it at the store for what she's getting. Yeah. She brings it home and puts it together and puts it on the on a plate on the table right in front of you, you just manifested the law of attraction. Yes. We do this stuff all the time. Subconsciously, we don't even realize we're doing we it. We don't even realize we're doing it. Right. Can, can I ask you a quick question in this role? I, I find people that you say this to, right? You talk about the Goya, get off your ass, yes. you know, thought mindset and stuff. But it almost feels like people need permission to do it. And I actually, it was kind of amazing. I had a, a one guy literally that I was working with and he, he put it out to all his people and he says, if you're looking for permission to do something great, I'm giving it to you right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right turn permitted without stopping. Just do it, right? Exactly. Right, exactly. yeah. That brings a good point on you're the co-founder of Endless Stages. Yep. And you're giving a platform to people to learn and to make themselves better. Yep. Now, we've heard Tyler's side. I want to know your side. What, what was your main attraction to Endless Stages? Okay. Well, I asked you a question a moment ago, Chris. Now I'm going to ask Rob. Oh, get him. Get him. Take him down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is your earliest memory of doing show and tell as a kid? Oh, okay. Um, well, obviously I was very young and I had a very young sister and uh, we had a cardboard box and I made a theater out of it. It was like a big, like, I don't know, refrigerator came out of it or something like that. So I cut a hole and I was doing shows for her. So okay. I, I remember that. And then obviously going to school and you do stuff, but my very earliest had to be trying to entertain my little, you know, one-year-old sister. At the ah, time. Kind of show and tell type thing. Yeah. So you were a public speaker at that moment. 
I, yeah, I probably, I would say I was, and I've never shied away from it. Right. As long as I'm on a stage. Yeah. Um, in person, I struggled significantly um just as you grow up as a kid in the bullyings and the not bullyings and then you know i grew a foot over a summer and i wasn't bullied anymore yeah <laughs> i can change came out in public but yeah. if i was on a stage i was i could be whatever i wanted and and that's how the difference in show and tell or me yeah. being a public speaker was right so the question was about endless stages so one of the things that i realized is that all of us as kids you described a situation with this cardboard box. You go to second grade and you stand up in front of the room and you got two minutes to say what you did on spring break, yeah. whatever it is. You're learning already to be a public speaker right then and there. Yeah. So what, what I really like to do and what I've done over the years, I probably have trained about 7,000 people is to remind them that they already have what they need to get their story and message out because they've been doing it their whole life. Right. Don't even realize it. Again, it's like the law of attraction. It's just like, it's so obvious, but we don't even realize it. Tyler likes to talk about, you know, the fear of public speaking is a bunch of hooey because we talk to people all the time, right? Exactly. And I, I think on your show, he talked about going into a restaurant and, and ordering a meal. You're speaking in public, yeah. exactly. right? Right. Yep, so exactly. what I really help people do is to bring to their awareness what they already have. And then once that comes to the awareness, then you can massage it and mold it and, and shape it and create all these different stories. Yeah. You know, I was an entrepreneur at, at six years old. I was picking blackberries in the field. My mom would make the pies. I'd go door to door. She would get 50 cents. I would get 50 cents. And I did that by breaking down my stories and going, okay, where have I done these things? Oh my gosh. My first venture as entrepreneur was six years old, not in my twenties. Yeah. It was when I was six. Yeah. It's been there the whole time. So in, in working with people, again, it's helping them recognize it. We have some exercises that we go through that help them bring those stories out and to break them out and how to say them in whether it's a 30 second version, a two minute version, a 30 minute version, a 60 minute version, the same story. I can tell the Blackberry entrepreneur story all day long, exactly. or I can tell it in 10 seconds. Right. Right. I want to ask you three questions or do you want to go, do you want to do, or do you go? Yeah, let me do it. Um, jalapenos in Coca-Cola don't work. No, <laughs> I'm trying to answer before you ask. Yeah. Well, you know, okay, so I'll do it this way. I like I like to steal Chris's questions today. So okay. quick succession. Um, what do you do well? What do I do well? Hmm. I do a lot of things well. Yeah. I one one of the things that, that I do really well, and this might sound, you know, a little bit too selfish or something, but one of the things I do really well is I go and I climb a butte every single week, at least one. Nice. And I love getting up to the top of the butte. Part of that was because of the whole walking thing. And I walk fine now, I can do whatever I want to do. I do that really well. Uh, I've been teaching yoga for 
25 years, practicing 35 years. And I'm not Mr. Bendy, Mr. Flexible as such. And I can teach a yoga class really well. Again, it's bringing out what somebody already has within and helping them realize that wherever they are at that moment is perfect. Yeah. Right? How many do you want? Chris, Chris, you can take the other two. I was having fun stealing from you. I know you always do anyway. <laughs> what would you do differently? What would I do differently in my life? Yes. Uh, probably, I wouldn't, probably wouldn't have drank as much in my 20s. <laughs> fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Now, what do you think you need work on? Well, I, I have this desire and... You, you may have seen it if you look 